All right, there's a comment that Frank wanted to make. I'll tell you what, I think with the realization that everybody in here is either as old as me or almost older, some older, um, our, our kids are at a point where I think we are not able to always take care of ourselves. And uh, when I was leaving Bob's house uh, six months ago, the garage was a mess, right? And I was walking out of his out of his back door and through his garage. And he was afraid I was going to fall because he had so many places to trip me in his garage. And I guess it's a good thing that he's trying to make sure that he takes care of me. But I think it's also a problem because I know that there will come a time when I need for him to try to take care of me. I need to realize that it's, he's not trying to do something to hurt my feelings. So it's a catch-22 kind of a, I need to make sure that I don't act like I'm, I don't need his help. But at this point, I don't need his help. Until you fall down, then you help me get well, out of the plane. I don't want to make it feel like, well, I don't want to, okay, I don't want to mess with this. It may come next month, but not yet. <laughs> well, we're all getting into that stage, and then my kids start telling me what to do. And I'm going, what? <laughs> well, and I think that's a, a very real um, consideration because everybody likes to be independent and make their mm -hmm. own choices and go their own way. And so giving up some of that freedom is very hard. And I think as an individual, we have a choice to either grow old gracefully or we deny that those things are happening. And sometimes we deny it because we just don't want to face it. Sometimes we deny it because we don't really know it's happening. We don't recognize some of those symptoms mm -hmm. and that's I think where you know you do have to listen to your children or to friends or whatever because they see the handwriting on the wall and you do not for whatever reason so it's not uh, you know if I start telling the same story over and over and you over already and over. do that <laughs> I'm going to try that and see what happens in here. I, I think, yeah, recognizing one's own limitations. Um, and then and then also, you know, recognizing, you know, one, one's own, you know, um, weaknesses, too. I mean, that's that's very difficult. Oh, wow. uh, I, I might have told you this already, but there was a, a man in my in the front congregation who was in his 90s. And I, I have to, I mean, he was, he, he was very kind of calm. But, you know, and he, he had a driver's license, you know, um, for, for quite some time, of course, but then, you know, it eventually got to the point that he didn't renew it, you know, and, and that's in great distinction from, I, I know of other cases where you have someone who's, you know, older, and they, 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 uh, they present a danger, not only to themselves, but to other drivers. Yeah. You know, and uh, um, I, I think 
of course, human pride can be uh, a factor as well. Um, but but also, yeah, I, I think uh, there was this other gentleman that I knew that you know he his wife sadly had died of cancer, and they were in the process of building a house. And they finished the house. He was there by himself with the dog. Um, you know, and uh, it got to the point that, that he had to be in a nursing home and he kept, you know, and, and this is something that, uh, you know, has stuck out uh, to me anyway, that every time I would visit him, he, he would always have this kind of hopeful, hopefulness about going back, going home, you know, to, to where he lived, you know, and be with the dog and, and everything else. And, you know, for, for several months, it was like that. And then, you know, I, I remember, I, and I can't remember exact, an exact time, but eventually he, he kind of came to terms with it. You know, and he would talk less and less about going home, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the like. Um, but, but for some, you know, it might be more immediate, but others, it kind of takes a while, if even that, right? But, but really acceptance, you know, of, of one's condition. And I, I think, you know, we, we could translate that into the, the you know, the, the spiritual realm, so to speak, too, with reference to, um, you know, what, what has God given us that, or what do we have that God has not given us? You know, um, and especially when it comes to, uh, significantly, when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to salvation, we don't, we don't merit it. You know, that, that's, a, that's a great obstacle. That's impossible for us to accept of ourselves. Um, and, and of course, the Bible teaches that this is that, that it's received by faith through faith, right? Um, so it's, it's it's not on us to save ourselves, but that's the human condition, right? By human nature, we will refuse help, um, but uh, by God's grace, we we say Amen you know, to what God Himself has declared, you know, whatever that might be, and all that it is. Right? So. Um, Thank you for that. Um, it was also, um, I was reminded of this, I, I did briefly mention this, but, uh, you know, with reference to the Aaronic benediction, this, uh, you know, kind of immediately follows the, the laws of the Nazarites as well. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's to note. I Honestly, I haven't done a great deal of study on the Nazarites, you know, um, now, I, I know um, that there is a place in Matthew's Gospel that speaks about how Jesus would be a Nazarite. You know, that he came from Nazareth, and therefore he, he would be called a Nazarite kind of thing. Um, more work uh, on my part needs to be done uh, with that. Um, but, but this was a vow that would be made, and the, the blessing of Aaron, or the, the blessing that God gave to Aaron to give to the people follows directly after that. I don't know if... if uh, I caught you while you were eating. Do you want to say any more about Nazarite? Just well, it's interesting that usually when we think of the Old Testament, who comes to mind with the Nazarite vow? It's Samson, because mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be a lifelong Nazarite vow. But mm -hmm. when you read the context of Number Six, it was kind of like what you were saying earlier. It sounds like you know a person could take the vow. In the freedom of the gospel wasn't mandatory or forced on them, but it also was temporary. Because just before that section that has the benediction, it says that when the vow is over, mm -hmm. he can drink a glass of wine. 
which is kind of interesting because you know the Nazarites, while they were under that vow, could not drink adult beverages. Mm -hmm. But when it's over, mm -hmm. it's interesting that they can go back and have an adult beverage. Lutheran beverage. Well, the That's thing right. about Samson is that it was so atypical for the a Nazarite because right. his mother made that vow for him, and and then he like. Actually, the Lord told her. The Lord well, told her. Yeah. Well, there you go. And so he was just called to that. And I guess sometimes he had a hard time following that straight and narrow path. Mm -hmm. I think John the Baptist was under the Nazarite vow. Yeah, he was. In mm -hmm. the New Testament. That's who I thought of first. Yeah. John the Baptist. Yeah. I need to find an expert in Hebrew. Because in various translations it says... Afterward, the Nazarite shall drink wine, or afterward, the Nazarite may drink wine. Yes. Yeah. So, does that mean it's mandatory or it's allowed? Under the freedom of the gospel, you can pick or choose. Yeah, well, and, and the ESV has may drink wine. So Say that again, please. May drink wine. Mm -hmm. So it, again, it's it's not it's not commanded. It's not forbidden. You know. So you know. I, I don't know if this will be helpful, but but I know Paul in um, Galatians 5, you know, speaks about liberty, freedom. Mm -hmm. um, but then he speaks of, you know, uh, for freedom Christ has set you free, but don't use your freedom, you know, um, you know, as, as license, you know, and, and to hurt others. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, and, and again, you know, Paul speaks of this in, in various places, um, as, as does Jesus. I mean, it, it's amazing. There, there's this one point where, where Jesus' disciples come to him and say, hey, we, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he doesn't walk with us. Right? Mm -hmm. And remember, Jesus said, um, you know, do not forbid him, for he is not, you know, against us, is for us. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of thing. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we, we have to be careful not to limit, uh, but also... Uh, in, also, in, in the not limiting, also um, ensuring that that the freedom is not misused. Yeah. Also, kind of what you have up there, I guess maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but connecting with the context of number six going yeah. into the blessing, mm -hmm. there is the section also in verse 20 where it talks about the priest making a gesture mm -hmm. and yeah. it's kind of an interesting what I would call an interesting juxtaposition mm -hmm. that as it describes the priest's gesture mm -hmm. this wave offering mm -hmm. if, if you follow it graphically it sounds like he's <coughs> making the sign of the cross which is kind of neat in that just before we get the the benediction that Aaron is to place the name of the Lord upon the people that you have this gesture. And I know that when we talk about making the sign of the cross, I mean, Luther says that one makes the sign of the cross in the morning when he says the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and, and general prayers. But we always have this kind of Protestant imagery that making the sign of the cross, at least for an individual to make the sign of the cross, is Catholic. Mm -hmm. but, we, but we don't seem to have a problem with the, the pastor making the sign of the cross. <laughs> But again, there's the gospel freedom thing. I mean, if you choose to make the sign of the cross, fine. If you choose not to, fine. But, but we all seem to like the pastor to make the sign of the cross over us. 
And it really seems reminiscent of verse 20. You know, the, the priest in his calling, as he speaks these words of blessing, mm -hmm. makes this gesture, which is both yeah. vertical and horizontal. No, it's, is, is he, uh, you know, and, and you know, when, when it came to offering, are these sacramental or sacrificial? Yes. You know, in, in the sense of, faith, does he face the people? You know, or, or does he face the altar? You know, kind of thing. Because, um, you know, with, with reference to the blessing, of course, he's speaking too, so he's facing. Right. You know, now, I, I don't know, have we talked about that uh, at least a little bit in terms of when a pastor faces the, the altar, when he faces the people? You know, um, the difference between sacrifice or the sacrificial and the sacramental, you know, kind of thing. Because I, I think it's it's uh, it's helpful to know, you know, and, and I, I know some non-Lutherans and some Lutherans. My question is too: Why do we sit down and stand up so much, right? Because because we we do kind of move quite a bit, don't we? <laughs> yeah. For us who are able, kind of thing. Um, compared to others, where it, it's you know, honestly. You know, somebody had mentioned the, the movie theater. You don't stand up, usually you don't stand up and sit down in a movie theater unless you're really excited about something, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but there are some, uh, quote, services, you know, from, from various fellowships where the people just sit down the whole time. Yeah. You know, and, there, and if there is standing, then it usually has to do with emotion. Or in some circles, they sing their hymns standing. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true of the Methodist church <clears throat> and a lot of other mm -hmm. churches. The only time they're standing is when they sing a hymn, which they say physically loosens your diaphragm anyway, which is a better way. Sure. Yeah. You can project better. <clears throat> yeah. Sing better. Yeah. And and I also want to qualify this too because historically, um, churches did not have pews. Right. Yeah. Which is astounding to us. Um, at least to me, as I as I think about it, because the, the the great cathedrals, for example, in Europe, I mean, originally they didn't have pews because the people stood. Pew. Yeah. Of course, they didn't have pews either. So, you know, it was a different different thing going on. But I, I think, uh, you know, that there there have been orators, for example, that could speak for hours. You know, today, I don't know. You know, it, it amazes me. Um, and, and think about this, like when you watch a movie, for example, how many hours did the actors put in to memorizing those? You know, and how, how many different takes were made in order for, you know, you, you splice all these together to make a movie. Um, and they, they memorize and so on and so forth. Uh, but the orders of old, they did that too, and they would memorize lengthy, you know, lengthy essays. And uh, you might comment. Just a it, old movie, Luther, uh, black and white, like 1953. Yeah. When they show Luther preaching in the pulpit, the people are all standing. There are no yeah. Jews. Yeah. And so they're much. But in the more recent Luther, right, with uh, Robert yeah, Hannes, the, they're the sitting down. The recent one has pews. So. <laughs> and he's wearing a colorful chasuble. And yeah. I, I, and that stands out because he was not preaching from behind the pulpit, and I don't think Luther would not preach from. <laughs> would preach from he me. took some liberties in that yeah. later movie. So, <laughs> but yeah. the black and white one is more, I think, more authentic in the way they graphically portray their worship. Yeah. All right. I think uh, the well-known preachers from 100 to 150 years ago and earlier were in that class where they would stand for hours and preach. 
-hmm. You think of people like Billy Sunday and Charles Wesley, and they're just there. And you think of them with the knife hand, like, this is it, people. Jonathan mm Edwards. -hmm. All right. Well, we're we're at 11:30. Uh, so we, we only kind of got into the, the benediction. I, I'd like to uh, to continue the conversation, um, and then there's also that section on the amen as well.